What's going on? Welcome to the AM Basketball Breakdown, where we talk everything hoops early in the morning. I'm your host, Adam Miller. It's time to hit the hardwood, so let's tip off this episode. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the AM Basketball Breakdown. I'm your host, Adam Miller. I hope your Saturday is off to a good start. I hope you are getting ready for the weekend. I'm not sure if you can tell through the audio, but I am dealing with a cold. We are on the latter half of the cold cycle, and we are going to try to get through this. I have coffee on the side, water as well, and cough drops for reinforcement. But this weekend, I wanted to jump on because there's a very important event going on in the NBA this weekend. NBA All-Star Weekend in my home state of Indiana, down in Indianapolis. I hope you're looking forward to the event. I know I am. But yeah, I just thought I would share some of my thoughts this morning just about the significance of basketball in Indiana, along with talking about the events tonight for Saturday night, um, the Saturday night all-star events, and also um, maybe talking a little bit about the game, but more so I would say talking about um, just some changes that I would like to see for the game um, going forward. But yeah, if you've been living under a rock and you're a basketball fan, the all-star game is in Indianapolis this year. Um, I wish I could have made the trip, but it just didn't work out this time. But I will be watching from my couch, um, just enjoying the celebration of basketball in Indiana. So why is basketball important in Indiana? We could look um, just back to the historic rivalries between Indiana and Purdue. I think more important If you live in the state, if you're relatively close to the state, Indiana high school basketball, it hits different in Indiana. And it gets super cold in the winter. People like to stay inside. And a lot of people just gravitate to a local high school gym and just take in a game, pay attention to a team for a season. And honestly, this is one of my favorite hobbies. When I moved back in town um, after finishing college, going to my local alma mater and watching them win um, two state titles. But yeah, I think um, looking at Indiana basketball as a whole, honestly, when you get down to um, obviously the state tournament is a great experience. When you get to the semi-state environment, there have not been um, many games, I would say like professional and even college where the noise level has been louder. If you think about it, people have either been teaching at these schools, have been living close to these schools for decades. And some schools are looking for their first chance to go to a state championship in the semi-state game. I remember, um, I think it was back in 2019, my high school, Blackhawk Christian, was a very heavy favorite um, in the 2019 semi-state game against Southwood. And 
they were supposed to win that game pretty convincingly. And you could tell from the momentum that Southwood was going to value possessions. Um, I think I remember Blackhawk turning the ball over a lot. But the noise and the environment and that gym and knowing what was potentially at stake, Blackhawk, I think they would have it would have been their first time going to state in like 16 years. In Southwood, it would have been their first time going to state in 40 years. So fans on both sides were electric. And yeah, I think if you ever have a chance to, and you're in um, Indiana visiting and you have a chance to go to a regional or semi-state game, I would say it's well worth the trip. But yeah, I think the gym, high school gyms in particular, they hit different. Um, The atmosphere feels different than going to a lot of other places. I want to point out one gym, particularly um, the Newcastle Fieldhouse. It's the biggest high school gym in the world. When I was looking this up, they have a little over 8,400 seats for capacity. They have a parquet floor. Um, The lighting on the court is immaculate. It's the alma mater of Indiana greats, such as Steve Alford and Kent Benson. And it's been a hosting site, I know, for the Indiana sectional. And also, I believe, in some years, the regional and semi-state games as well. I've watched my high school Blackhawk actually play in in the Holiday Classic that they host every year, um, where they have four... um, top boys and girls teams in the state playing this holiday tournament. But yeah, if you ever have a chance to, and you're in Indiana, maybe even if you're in Indiana for the all-star game um, weekend festivities, and you can take a trip there. um, Honestly, for, if you are a pure basketball fan, there's not a better site to see than the Newcastle field house. But even with um, the all-star game being in Indy this year, It would be a crime if I didn't mention the star all around town in India right now, Tyrese Halliburton, and just what he has been able to do for this Indiana Pacers team. They are right now um, sort of borderline playoff, borderline play-in, but he has instilled a lot of hope in this team this year, particularly with his play in the in-season tournament. A lot of people didn't expect them to get as far as they did, and they made a push to the final, finishing as the runner-up. But yeah, he is the type of player where he, honestly, I have said this before, I said it on my Pascal Siakam trade reaction podcast, he is going to attract a lot of talent in the lead league, and people are going to want to play with him. I admire, um, I was listening to a clip this week, Reggie Miller was talking about him and he was talking about him the large degree of adoration and knowing what he can do um, for this team and for this city could be a player like Jokic that not um, I mean, if he would have just came into the league or would have went to a different team, like he's not always going to stay that type of player does not always want to play for a small market team. So I think Halliburton is in a great situation here and the Pacers are too, for them to continue to um, attract talent and potentially push for a title. But yeah, it's a great narrative that he has kind of come more into his own this year. 
and cemented himself as a top 10 player in the league as the all-star game is in India this year. Um, but yeah, just a celebration of him, a celebration of basketball, a really good, exciting young player. Um, one thing I thought I would do before I jump into the recapping the Saturday night or recapping previewing the Saturday night festivities um, just with, I'll get into this a little bit later. I think there are some players that would have been great to see in the all-star game this year, especially some of the younger talent. And I just thought um, I would make my own starting five of talent around the league, um, 21 and under. Um, some of these players you thought may have been snubbed. Um, some other ones you're like, this player has great potential for the future. Shout out to Bill, Eric Bowen for helping with this list. So let's get into it. We don't care about positions on the AM basketball breakdown. I know they don't anymore on the all NBA votes. So let's go ahead and just go through this. First player, Paulo Bencaro. Um, second player, Chet Holmgren. And third player, Victor Wimbanyama. All versatile um, big men that can shoot, can defend. Um, honestly, I would have wished that Chet and Wimby were in the All-Star game this year. But we can get more into that later. Um, fourth player, Alperen Sengun. Um, he's had a re really good year this year. The Rockets at one point were higher in the standings in the West, and he played a really big part in that. And second player, I mean, second player, fifth player, last player, second pick in the draft, Brandon Miller. I'll say this. I was very wrong about Brandon Miller. I had some questions about him coming out of college, typically, I think more with his shooting delivery or shot release. But recently, um, over the last few weeks, he's been averaging anywhere between 25 to 30 points and scoring efficiently. And I think he is a really good building block and cornerstone for the Charlotte Hornets going forward. And yeah, that's my starting five of NBA players, 21 and under. And let's go ahead and just jump into my Saturday night predictions um, for the Saturday night events. I am going to talk about most of these. I may miss a couple here and there, but we're going to start off with the NBA skills challenge, give a little summary of what this event looks like. Um, these play the team, you have three teams, you have three players on each team at functions like a relay where a player will first pass through a target. They'll dribble weave through obstacles hit a mid-range shot, then a layup, a three-pointer, and then finally make a final push to the opposite end of the court for a final dunk. Um, in this event, at least what I've seen in the past, the first pass is very important. Um, also, your strides are really important in being able to get through the course quickly and also making sure that you hit those first shots. So. Um, just the teams that I have 
on here, we have team Pacers with Halliburton, Matherin, and Turner. It would have been cool here if maybe they could have added an honorary fourth member. That could still happen. We don't know what will happen tonight. But if they could have just had Reggie Miller sitting on standby and hit a three, that would have been, I don't know, that would have been a really cool thing with the All-Star game being an indie this year. And, yeah, we'll see what Team Pacers can do. Next, we have Team Top Picks with Paolo Bencaro, Anthony Edwards, and Victor Wembenyama. Um, this team, obviously, aside from Edwards, I guess I'm saying he's small, but he's 6'5 and jacked. But you have Bencaro and Wembenyama, 6'10 or higher, um, super long dudes, super athletic. Um, and Edwards is the type of player in his own right that would be really good for this team and help balance this team. And last, you have Team All-Star, Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, Trey Young. Um, Maxey, I'm wondering if he'll start out first just with his speed um, to get this team off to a quick, quick start. You have Trey Young and his outside shot, and you have Scotty Barnes and just his raw athleticism. As goofy as this competition is, as I've said before, I think being able to make that first pass, having length, having a long stride and speed matters in this event. So for this event, I am going with team top picks to take home the NBA skills challenge. Next, we have the three point contest. We have a total of six, seven, eight participants in this event. And as simple as it sounds, the goal is to make as many three-pointers as possible. The participant, they start with five racks of five balls um, set behind the three-point line. There's a rack in each corner and wing and one at the top of the arc. Um, four of the racks actually contain four official NBA balls and one multicolored money ball at the end of each rack. Each regular ball uh, is worth one point and each money ball is worth two. Players, they will move around the arc and they have to complete a rack before moving on to the next. One of the racks is actually all money balls and it can be placed at the location of the shooter's choice. So they may choose to opt for the sweet spot, or the place that they feel most comfortable shooting from. Also, something newer, there are also two deep balls to the left and right of the middle rack, and those basketballs are worth three points. Each player has a limit of 70 seconds to shoot all 27 balls, and they can record up to 40 points. Let me go ahead and run through the participants and what they are shooting this year from three. We have Damian Willard um, shooting 34% this year. Uh, not having a great shooting year, but he won this competition last year. Malik Beasley at 45%. Jalen Brunson at 41%. The hometown host city kid. Tyrese Halliburton through shooting 40%. Lori, I'm going to get his name right. Lori Markinen shooting 40%. Donovan Mitchell shooting 36%. Uh, 
Carl Anthony Towns shooting 44%. Cat is not going to need his teammates to feed him the ball to score a lot of points for this event. Not like that one game this year where someone had scored a lot of points and his team um, fed him the ball so they could up his scoring. He's going to have plenty of opportunity to shoot, so don't worry about Cat here. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns shooting 44%. And finally, we have Trey Young shooting 37%. I hope Trey Young stays in this competition long. I think he, what hate he gets when he gets going, um, he is a very good, I think in some ways, if you look back to that New York Knicks series, he's a very good villain in the league to root for. And I think he could play really well with the crowd. But my prediction for this event, just as I'm looking through the percentages of the players and also just looking at the volume of the shots that they take, um, someone that, the player that I want to choose for this is going to be someone that consistently shoots at a high clip per game and can consistently shoot in rhythm. Because I think what is important for this event um, is not necessarily someone that is going that shoots the highest three-point percentage, but someone on a game-to-game basis that shoots anywhere between, I'd say, like six to eight threes and would need to get the winner of this event once they get in a good rhythm um, they're able to hit shots consistently um, at a high percentage. So this may come as a surprise. I don't know what his odds are right now on FanDuel. They are probably fairly low, but I am going with my guy, Lori Markinen. He's shooting about 40% from three this year, and he's shooting about eight three-pointers a game. I think he could get off to a really good start and I think he's the type of shooter once he gets in the rhythm could take this entire thing home but yeah that's my pick for the three-point contest next we have the slam dunk contest need some water for the cough um get through the rest of this but now we have the slam dunk contest um we have four participants this year. We have the defending champ, Mac McClung. We have Ame Haquez Jr. for the Miami Heat. I've always thought this, and I don't know why no one has pointed this out yet. Does Ame Haquez look a lot like Adam Driver when Adam Driver had long hair? I think he does, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, Jacob Toppin of the New York Knicks and my guy for my Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown. The rules of the dunk contest are very simple and very straightforward. Each participant, they get two dunks in the first round, which are evaluated by five judges. The minimum score a dunk can receive is 40. The maximum is 50. The two dunkers um, in the first round with the highest combined scores advance to the championship round, and then you just repeat the same process for the last round. 
I'll be honest, I am going to be watching this competition this year, but I have really not watched or paid much attention to the dunk competition um, the last few years. I know Mac McClung last year did a really good job with the event. I know a lot of people um, really liked the excitement that he was able to spark from his, his dunk attempts. But I think largely when I think back to this competition, when I had paid very closely to it, this would have been back in the days when we had, I think we had a really good, I'd say four or five year run when you had Dwight Howard, you had Nate Robinson, you had Aaron Gordon, you had Zach Levine, and you had Blake Griffin. Um, but yeah, I think when I'm looking forward, looking at for what the NBA can change going forward, I'm just going to ask the question, like, has the dunk contest, has it, has it lost its appeal and allure? Have the participants, I think this is important and something you saw a lot more. And I would say the late, early 2000s and mid 2000s, have the participants lost their presentation and their showmanship? Again, we look back to those people I mentioned, but people were once, they were jumping, they were changing into Superman capes. They were jumping over cars. They were blowing out candles on a cupcake at the top of the rim. And for this event, this event, the dunk contest, I am here to tell you, Jalen Brown is here to change the dunk contest. He's a ferocious dunker. If you need anywhere else to look, I'll look back at the last two years. Look at the dunk last year on Maxi Kleber. Kleba. Look at the dunk on Rudy Gobert this year. Jalen Brown, he has the showmanship to win a dunk contest. He is my pick to win this event, and I hope what he has planned brings some attention back to the event and more stars opt in in the future. I'll say this, though. I just hope he can complete his dunks and not dribble with his left. Um, yeah, I had to throw that in there. But anyways, yeah, that's just my thoughts on the dunk contest. I think I would like to see going forward more stars like Jalen compete. I think it brings more eyes to the screen. I think for kids watching the league, I know when I was kind of around that age in um, middle school and late elementary, seeing someone like Dwight Howard or Blake Griffin, players at that time that didn't really have any reason to participate, were willing to do that just for the presentation and pull for the league. But last, I want to talk about the 2024 NBA All-Star Game. Um, this year, they switched back to the traditional format. And I'm just wondering, switching back to the 2024, um, sorry, switching back for the traditional event for the 2024 
NBA All-Star game. Why not keep the schoolyard pick? Honestly, I think going back to this format, the event becomes way too predictable. And I already had it up, but I'll just go ahead and look through the um, teams for the All-Star game, the rosters. So in the East, you have Giannis. Embiid's on here, but he's hurt. You have Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Bam, Paulo Bencaro, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, um, Randall, Julius Randall, he's not playing. You have Trey Young. Um, and honestly, this is my point. When I look at the West, you have LeBron, Luka, Kevin Durant, Shea, Nikola Jokic, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Carl Anthony Towns. And this is my point where, like, no discredit to, like, the top level of the East or even their reserves, but when you look at the West bench, you could probably argue or make the case that there is a lineup in their reserves that is better than the East starting five right now. So my prediction for this event is that the West is going to win. I'm not going to say they're going to win in a blowout because honestly, there's no defense played in these games. So the game could be relatively close going into the fourth quarter. But I think for the most part, I see the West winning by, I'll just say 10 plus points. I think the game will be close, but I think when it matters and pride's on the line, I think they're going to pull away. Back to my point with switching to the traditional format for the All-Star game. Has this event been too predictable? You had something good going on when you had the schoolyard pick format. And I want to ask the question, how can the All-Star game be improved? I had some ideas, and I think they are trying to push this um, this year with how they have some of the other side events set up, like the Rising Stars Challenge. So how can the All-Star game be improved? This is a celebration of basketball for the NBA this year. 36 team, sorry, 30, 36 player all-star game you have a round robin schoolyard pick four teams nine players two semifinals first to 60 and a final first to 80 i could see this going really well um i think they'd have to change change around their schedule to get this to work but this is my recommendation or my thought on how the All-Star game can be improved. 36 players, four teams, schoolyard pick, two semis, and a final. I think this would help this event a lot. And I think it would bring a lot more attention to this game. Not saying everyone didn't deserve this to be at this game. But I think there are some key players that missed out 
someone like Wemby, someone like Chet, someone like Sabonis that would have made the All-Star game more exciting. And yeah, I think you can even change this up a bit too, where you have the captains being the four largest vote getters. Because a lot of these guys, they're friends, they're buddies. They know what's going on. You know, they like building their teams. And I think it'd be really entertaining. I really enjoyed watching when they had the live drafts of all the, of LeBron. I think LeBron and Durant and LeBron and Giannis had drafted their teams and being able to see that live. I could see them doing that again. And I think that worked out really well. So I don't know why you would necessarily want to change or go away from that. I'd say doing that. You could even get the TNT guys involved, have the TNT guys build their team where each of them gets the largest vote getter and then they draft their teams. Um, Ernie, Chuck, Kenny, and Shaq captaining each team. I think that could be entertaining. But I think my point is like, I think something needs to change because we're starting to enter a period in the league where a lot of the top players that I watched growing up, I'll just say like LeBron, Curry, Durant are going to transition out of the league soon. So like, I want these last few all-star games that they're going to be a part of to be exciting. Could you imagine if LeBron had drafted a team and he had Wimby on his team, him throwing an alley-oop to Wemby for Wemby's first all-star game? I don't know if that would be on a card, but that'd be a cool card. Um, yeah, I think exciting moments like that aren't necessarily going to happen if the event's not changed. But yeah, those are just my thoughts on what I think needs to potentially change for the All-Star game just to make it more exciting to get more pull from other um, people outside of the league, to get more eyeballs on the league so people really pay attention to this game that I appreciate and honestly this event that I think needs to be celebrated more. That's everything for this week's episode. I was able to get through it. I will be pounding down the cough drops after the show, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. What do you think is going to happen in 2024 NBA All-Star Weekend? Who are your picks for the events? Who is winning the All-Star game? If you wouldn't mind dropping a like, rating the show an episode, rating it five stars, and subscribing, sharing with a friend even. Honestly, I'm doing this just because I love talking about basketball. So the more people I can come, I can come along for the ride, the better. This is great jumping on here this morning, just talking through NBA All-Star Weekend and the All-Star Game. Thanks for tuning in to the AM Basketball Breakdown. I am looking forward to the night. This is Adam Miller signing off. Yeah.